Hello friends, before we get started on this next amazing episode, I just wanted to give a short shout out to our team at Metal Cloak, the group that makes this podcast possible. From engineering to production, from marketing to sales, from accounting to HR, every member of the Metal Cloak family works diligently every day to bring some of the world's best products to the off-road enthusiast. Designed, engineered, proven, Metal Cloak. That is not just a clever cadence written by me, but a true statement of what we do every day and why we truly appreciate each and every one of you. If you are looking for something for your Jeep, Ram, Bronco, or Toyota, give us a try. We are here to help. And now, on to another amazing episode of The Modern Jeeper Show. I'm going to talk about daylight donuts. I think we should remove all of the L's from the word daylight all across the country. Comes <laughs> daylight donuts. The Modern Jeeper Show, the show about Jeeps, Jeeping, and Jeepers. Hello, Modern Jeepers, and welcome to episode number 71 of The Modern Jeeper Show, the show about Jeeps, Jeeping, and Jeepers. The CTI Tour has been on the road. Jesse, Rockstar Jeep Girl, and myself have been on the road for just over two weeks, and all I can say is that things have definitely changed. Literally, from state to state, county to county, and sometimes block to block, the rules and their interpretation are definitely unique. We trekked across the Southwest in order to attend the fifth year of the Florida Jeep Jam in Panama City Beach. And I will say that us as an industry and as Jeepers are a resilient bunch. We crave getting outside, and we miss our fellow enthusiasts. But most of all, we miss Jeeping. This week, Madsen talks a little politics, but it's not what you think. We chat about new products, changes within the industry, why bigger is better isn't always true, where to post a meme with anonymity, structural tubing strengths, Amazon Jeep parts, Jeep upgrades, my new business selling stamps, and why day I eat donuts should be a thing. As always, Modern Jeeper is extremely grateful to our supporters, including Warren Winches, Raceline Wheels, Best Top, Milestar Tires, Rugged Radios, KMS Adventure Racks, and of course, Metal Cloak. So sit back, relax with a cold one, and enjoy episode number 71 of the Modern Jeeper Show. Well, hey, Modern Jeepers is another episode of the Modern Jeeper Show with me, Matson from Metal Cloak, and Mr. Modern Jeeper, Corey Osborne. How you doing, buddy? Hey, Matson. Good, good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. And of course, we have Rockstar Jeep Girl, Jesse Greenland. How you doing, darling? I'm good. So you guys are like in recovery mode. I know you kind of took a day to recover and then you're back on the road. But man, that uh, that uh, Florida event had to have been crazy. You know, it was. And yeah, the recovery day, it's I think I'm just getting old. <laughs> We're all getting old. Oh, Lord. Well, you're like 42, right? Now, Corey? You're 42. Yeah, 42 going on 72. Yeah, and and Jesse's what, like 35? Like you're robbing the cradle, right? Absolutely. Yeah, Mm -hmm. she's my babysitter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. You know, it it was um, the, the, the Florida event was such a good event and an event that we'd never been to in the past. And a lot of Jeeps and a lot of good people, but it was extremely hot. And the folks that know what I do at events uh, with the CTI trailer and trying to stay hydrated and 
and uh, yeah, 94 plus degrees and 90% humidity. That's no joke. Wow. Yeah. I'm sure. Jesse kept you hydrated because you have a, you have a bad habit of not taking care of yourself. I I do. And she did. And, and so many others, I mean, even the event coordinators, uh, the guys who set up the obstacle course, so many folks were very concerned about, you know, just making sure we were okay and then doing well and had what we needed and a good event. Good, good. Well, that's cool. So how many, how many of our friends and vendors were out there? We don't have, we're still waiting on some exact numbers, but um, I can tell you that I know there were over 1200 registered Jeeps. Wow. Uh, I know that Jamie had 700 rigs sign up for the turtle crawl, which they go down on the beach and, and uh, there was actually some turtles that had hatched. And so they had a kind of a delay them running their Jeeps down the beach because the turtles were making their way to the water, but they had oh, wow. 700 Jeeps down there and it was on the news and the news covered the event. And it was, it was very cool. So the news covered in a positive light or in a uh, like, Oh my God, we're going to have a, uh, another outbreak light. <laughs> no, it was, it was very positive, very positive. Um, but you know, we had, we had over 85 rigs on the CTI trailer. Uh, I think they, I think the event actually lasted four days. Now we didn't get there at the very beginning, but they had a number of trail rides and Jeep excursions uh, on a, on a private piece of property that was right near where the event took place. You know, all in all, I was, I was very, very pleased, very amazed. I mean, the coordinators did a great job during this challenging time to spread people out and, and keep everybody happy and keep them entertained. How did they do that though? How did they do that with the, with, with like the vendor area and stuff? How did they spread people out? So it was very spread out. In fact, they only had, there was probably, yeah, maybe 30 vendors total, but some of them were big. I mean, you know, our friends at PSC were there. Uh, our friends at rock crawler were there who had large uh, trailers. Uh, our friend Ricky from Jeepers Den was set up there, but they oh, really? kept them in clumps. Yeah. They kept them in clumps. So like Ricky and Jeepers Den and his tent was kind of his own little area. And then PSC was kind of down next from them, but they were, they were, they had a huge piece of property at this, this park in Panama city beach and they just kept everybody very, very separate. And the obstacle course was separate from where the CTI trailer was. It is a large piece of property. Oh, wow. Well, I'd love to see some pictures when those come up. It's That it sounds great. Yes. So it sounds like it worked well for everybody. And you guys, you did a whole boatload of CTIs over two days. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of funny. I had stopped in Panama City Beach on the way to Daytona a number of years ago with my dad. And we stopped there specifically because we knew that they had an event there. And this was probably four years ago. And I think this was the fifth year of, of this event. But we stopped there. And I remember my dad and I thinking, there's really not much down here. Like, where would they, where are they going to put a bunch of people? And uh, still the case. <laughs> um, I don't know how many people came to town. Oh, but there was literally to go two miles on the, the street where the beach is. Two miles would take an hour. Wow. So it just, yeah. so you had the event yeah, was, going on, but you had, but it became a happening and people were coming just to the area just because it was happening. 
Yeah, people were just traveling and going to the beaches and going to the little beach bar and grills and and oh, wow. just spending time in that area in addition to the Jeep event. Yeah, well, how was the, the challenge? Too. Well, how was the food? <laughs> I mean, I was gonna like, was it some good food in there? Did you guys get some good grub or was it more like, okay, let's grab something and go to sleep? Well, there was a couple of days of that for sure. I mean, we, we did some very basic, um, even my typical, you know, stopping at a gas station to, to grab a piece of pizza or something like that. But we tried to go out at night, but, um, I mean, we went to a restaurant that was an hour and 45 minutes wait. Uh, yeah. And the lines of people and the amounts of people, but the food was good. I mean, there was the, the little beach bar and grills. I think they do a really good job of, of some fresh fish options and things like that. But, oh, and, you know, so I think in our last podcast, we talked a little bit about how traveling right now, I think that the hotels are are very cheap. They're, they're cheaper than what I remember uh, seeing in the past. But restaurants, I think the food has made up for the cost of the hotels. Really? Well, that's good. Yeah, I think I think food is pricier. I mean, typically it, it's not it wasn't out of line for twenty five dollars for, um, you know, a small dinner plate. Uh, well, that's good. So you had some good food. You had a good time. You got a lot of customers. Yeah, met with a bunch of people. And it was all part of a turnaround between coming cross country to there, turning around, hopping back into the, the truck and trailer, taking a day off and then driving through. I know you were in Louisiana earlier, but now you're what in Longview, Texas. Yeah. So, so we're kind of on the way out there. We went down through Houston and New Orleans and, and met up with some of our installers and stopped by some shops and saw some people on the way back. We kind of wanted to come North a little bit. So we're kind of heading into the Dallas area probably tomorrow. And uh, we'll then kind of continue to work our way up. It's interesting how familiar it is being on the road for an extended amount of time, but having not been on the road for the last three months, all of a sudden I was looking at the calendar today going, we've really been gone for almost two and a half weeks on the road. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it doesn't I mean, it, feel like it at all. Well, and because, yeah, because every day we get a report like we've been here. These are the shops we stopped, these places that, you know, and, and it just kind of goes in and just adds up. Next thing you know, it's like, wow, yeah, you've been out there for a little while. Yeah. And, and you know me, I get um, sometimes a little over focused and then I make it a mission to where I want to, to uh, hit as many stops as I possibly can. And sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's bad. Um. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, you know, they're having those moments. It's like, um, you know, Matson, don't send me anything. I'm not, I'm driving straight <laughs> through. I am going home. <laughs> I'm not stopping. <laughs> right. Do not pass go. It is straight, straight home. Like it's going to be 15 <laughs> hours, but the next time you hear from me, I'll be waking up from my bed. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, you know, and it's it's interesting to see the variations. Um, Jeep Jam was that event. I mean, a ton of TJs. In fact, I think we saw more TJs than we did JKs. And I wow. thought that was very interesting. We had three JTs on the trailer, three Gladiators. And they're still kind of rare. Now, we see as we drove through Texas, though, there's a lot of gladiators on the road. We see a ton of JTs driving around. A lot of them not modified yet. 
but a lot of them out there. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. It, it, we're yeah. seeing more of more of them in our area too. In fact, uh, we just had our friend uh, John Goodby in here from uh, from NorCal Rock Racing, and he uh, he just bought one for his like literally like being delivered today for his girlfriend. And um, I guess he got a uh, the Overland was it the Overlanding Edition or or what is it called? The yeah, uh, the Overland. Uh huh. Yeah, he got the Overland. So, what's he going to do with it? Who knows? What's the plan? You know, a lot of these guys, again, as we talked about before, it's just we get some guys like, hey, when are you going to come out with your four and a half inch kicks? I want to put 40s. Right. And right. As, versus the other guys, like, when are you going to come out with your racks? Because I'm planning on taking it out to Death Valley and being out there for a year, you know, whatever. But so it's a it's a lot of variation on them. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still looking at it where, you know, my wife and I were talking last night looking at finances going, OK, when can we buy the Gladiator? When can we buy a Gladiator? And so um, I'm hoping to get mine sooner <laughs> rather than later, especially with the current deals going on, because you know that there's, you know, there's, they're definitely trying to make deals and trying to get stuff up. And I heard, and this is, this is a rumor, but I heard Toledo was, was ramping back up its, its assembly lines so it could start actually meeting current demand. Yeah, I had heard something to that effect as well. And a lot of the, the folks in the Michigan area were starting to reopen and, and refire things back up. And I, you know, I, I, I got to mention our buddy uh, Ian Johnson at Big Tire Garage. You know, mm. Matt said instead of buying a Gladiator, maybe you should do what Ian's doing. You know, he's working on his build. That's uh, it's cloaked out. It's got mm-hmm. our spring. It's got medical springs in it. It's got our fenders, and uh, he's hashtagged Battle Wagon. Yes, the bad old wagon. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he just he, he actually had to get some more parts from us. He had me send out to him because he uh, he was missing some nubs or whatever. But gotcha. he's, he, well, he's pretty excited he's, about it, which is cool. That he gets a chance to work on his own stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, he's he's building that thing under the um, I guess he's going to have a prime series out called Big Tire Garage. Wow. That'll be cool. Well, you know, it'd yeah. be good because I actually wanted at one point, we we're going to try to get him out here to do some builds on our stuff, but then, you know, that never happened. So maybe I can finally get him to come out and, and, uh, and do one of our builds because the man has got talent. I mean, he's got more talent and energy in his, in his little pinky than, than I could ever dream of having when it comes to doing builds and somehow he manages to get them done. And that's the biggest thing about any project. Everybody will know that it's great having a project. Heck, uh, will our own sales guy had a Willie's wagon in his garage for, well, let's see. I hired him in 2010. It was in there and he just sold it last year so we can get the J, uh, the uh, JL. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and very little happened to it over the years other than the acquisition of parts. So, uh, the Ian is somebody who gets projects done and that's, that is huge. You know, I think a lot of that has to do, I mean, I guess if I had it, somebody point a camera, I'd be more apt to, uh, be more motivated to finish something. <laughs> well, my uncle told me back in the early nineties when I went to work for him, like uh, he goes, you know, you need to live your life as if a camera's all always following you. And that was before That's, cameras were always following you. Now they're everywhere. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, very good. That's a good point. It's a good point. Make sure it's if you, especially if you want to have yourself as a brand, but you know, half the time people, I like having no brand other half of the time I have a brand, but sometimes, uh, and anonymity, anonymity is anonymity. Uh, anonymity. <laughs> That's like a CNN enemy. 
Uh, yeah, and, sea anemone. Those <laughs> sea are like, anemone. Those, and those are sharks. Those are the ones that are after you. They're sea anemones. Yes, they're the sea anemones. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, I was up for two days up in uh, in Lincoln City. Uh, went to the house, drove up there on Wednesday evening, got there about 3 a.m., was there for two days, and then left Saturday um, just because I had to work on some uh, some stuff with the contractor doing work on our deck. Had to solve a problem that was created by the previous guy I hired. And uh, so that was nice, though. So we did go out there, and, and I didn't have the Jeep. I had the the Dodge, the Silver Dodge. So we um, we went out there, hung out on the beach a little bit, and and uh, was thinking of you, you know, thinking about relaxing up there. Was thinking about the Tillamook event, but it looks like with all the circumstances going on right now and uncertainties and changes and stuff that just keeps happening, especially even up in Oregon, the rules are kind of fluctuating and changing. Um, we're not going to be doing anything at all in Tillamook, uh, which is unfortunate for our modern Jeepers. It was such a great event and we will be, um, We'll definitely be working to bring it back again next year. Um, but for right now, uh, I think the Tillamook event, our next event this year is going to be Rubicon. That's the biggest plan. And to get that Rubicon event going and, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be sold out in like five minutes once it goes live. You know, we're just working out what date we're going to go live with it. But uh, yeah, it's it's so hard. And I hope I hope our our followers and our listeners um, know how much work that some of these events that we, we actually do put in. And, and when uh, things happen that are out of our control and we can't you know, we can't do anything about the permitting processes and and what the BLM and what the Forest Service and, and all of these, uh, you know, they, they're the ones who hold the the strings so everybody's gonna miss that tillamook event i know there were people really looking forward to it but um you know the rubicon is no joke either that's a great event yeah i even had i had a waiting list i think uh, about what was it five deep uh guys that had contacted me just in the last couple of weeks for the Tillamook event, um, yeah, you know, you know, we've been sold out, and so it, when we open it back up again next year, it's going to be fantastic. You know, we have a great crew out there, great group, and it's so much fun. I'm still going to be going up there because I have the house in Lincoln City, but you know, they even even with some of the other events that happen in that region and stuff, things have been canceled and put off and they're actually not going to be happening this year. The late, of course, the latest report. So it's just the uncertainty of the area and the caution that needs to be there from the government officials whose job depends on them being cautious. So, um, you know, so we'll see. However, I did leave California when it was fairly sane and I went up there for a couple of days only to come back to a state that had been given a government mandated order by this, by our governor that, uh, <laughs> we have a, uh, that we all have to wear masks. So suddenly now all the stores are requiring masks you can go in and, um, so are you Batman or are you the lawn ranger? <laughs> you know, that's a great thing. I should, we should start doing that. Like, you know, just, just getting out there, just, just get some cool masks going. You know, there's been these ones that all look like Bane, you know, from, right. but you know, we need to like getting some head masks. Of course, then you start going down the, the path of these, these crazy Antifa folk, you know, full head covering. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah. Did you that? see that they're making led ones that actually Ooh. light up? Oh, I like it. 
I like it. <laughs> lighted <laughs> eyes. And can we have it like a little dancing so it actually like dances? Like you remember those guys? Yeah. Do you ever see the guys <laughs> that did the, the LED light dancing on um, America's Got America's Talent? America's Got Talent. Yeah. Oh, that would be awesome. Like little face masks that just all dance. Like you have a dancing man behind your head, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I still want to get that full body sock that the that the the spiderweb made guy was wearing. Years ago. Oh god! Of course, that shows a little too much. <clears throat> I'd have to, have to have to get a banana. I got no comment. <laughs> but you know, in this crazy time, we got crazy stuff going on, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get a little political for a second, right? I'm get political, like. All you guys out there who, and I know it's not our audience, like the modern Jeeper audience is not the audience here, but it is simply asinine to me that you're pulling down history. Like even our local hospital, Sutter Hospital, and they probably did this proactively because they didn't want somebody else vandalizing it. They pulled down the statue of John Sutter. Now, from a most basic history, John Sutter was the man who discovered gold and was considered a bit of a tyrant you know he was not a he was not a a polite little guy he discovered gold and he went after it hard ended up being the essentially the founder of the sacramento region essentially created the gold rush that thousands of people coming across the country tens of thousands of people which resulted in the company levi's being formed one of the most liberal companies in california right now um and it, you know, this, 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 this infrastructure in this place in San Francisco and all these things that were created because of a single man named John Sutter, yet they pull Sutter hospital pulls a statue down of him because supposedly he had some, and again, we're getting political here, but supposedly he didn't treat his workers very well, especially those that were minorities. So, but that gotcha. history comes down. Now, here's my thing for anybody out there. We are, we are a society that is based on a history and that history it crosses over every aspect of our world. No matter where you came from, we all have histories. Instead of tearing down the statues that represent those histories, why don't you change the plaques? Like leave the statue yeah, right. up, but change the plaque. If you want the story to be different, instead of us saying, hey, here's this guy who we all admire because he was a great, say on there, if you want to change the plaque, then go through the effort of changing the plaque. But like they just down in no, Austin, I... Texas, they just went and defaced Stevie Ray Vaughan's statue. Or was it, no, it was in Austin. It was, uh, was it, maybe it was in Georgia. Um, but Stevie Ray Vaughan's statue. I mean, why? Because you're an idiot and you don't know what the heck's going on. I mean, Stevie Ray Vaughan is just one of the greatest blues players of all time. Well, but and I think that's a large part of that. It's it's people who are just following the mass of of this chaos and wanting to be involved in and in, in something. And I don't I don't quite get it. And I know there's probably our listeners out there going, yeah, we don't get it. Or, or maybe they agree with it. And maybe they think all the statues should be taken down. But you know what? We're not going to go back and we're not going to rewrite history books. We're not going to change our, our past by defacing the things that we have currently. I mean, it just makes no sense. No, you don't change the past. All you do is erase it from people's memories. And the flip That's side right. of that is all you do is make your your actions resentful by others and so the other people's now resent you resent your population resent your your representation resent your gen, your generation 
right? And so well, and your movement. Go ahead. And didn't we, isn't there something uh, about, um, you know, if you, if you eliminate our memories of the past, doesn't it play itself? I mean, I know history always repeats itself, but right. if we eliminate these things and they all have to happen again at some other future time. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's absolute answer. And, and history repeats itself. I mean, what we have now, it's one of the, the challenges with our generational changes, right? Like what's happening now? And it could be that this becomes a new 60s. Right. And the 60s be, are repeating yeah. itself in, in the next decade or so. And it gets deeper and big changes are made and people come out of this and and who knows. But what happened again, by the time you got to the 80s, crime was at a all time high. Cities were in chaos and you took some heavy handedness to re bring that all back together. It seems that in a world of the internet and the world of it, everything's accelerating faster. Like instead of it being an entire decade, it'll just be a year, right? You know, they're just <laughs> right. accelerating faster. But what happens is then all of a sudden it reverses and then three strikes laws come out because crime is at too, you know, too much going on too much uh, ease. So I don't know what the future is. All I know is that we do have a past and we do have a history and I love history. And it's, it's terrible to tear down that history. If you want to change what people think about history, well, you know, you're already doing that. There's already people rewriting history books to try to focus and change what I learned. And it wasn't that I learned what was wrong. It's just, it wasn't the, the focus that people want it to be today. You know, they want to deface Washington. They want to deface Lincoln. They want to deface, you know, our founding fathers. Some would say, some would say that what they're really trying to do is erase the beginnings of our country and rewrite it and make it into a different country. You know, I don't. Well, I, I, I saw some defacing that was taking place. And um, I think that we ought to be involved in defacing all all of these, these businesses. Um, And and I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about daylight donuts. I think we should remove all of the L's from the word daylight all across the country because then it just becomes <laughs> daylight donuts. Daylight? Daylight. Daylight? Are they all right? Oy vey. Oy vey. You know, that brings yeah. us all to the, to, to the conspiracy world. You and I were talking about this briefly, but I got to tell you, I was sitting in Aaron's office yesterday. And one of the things in our discussion, I brought up like, oh, yeah, you know, well, you've got that health thing on your iPhone now. And on my wife's, I had to go and make sure it was turned off so that, you know, there was the whole COVID-19 tracking was turned off. So I went to my phone and I don't have it. And that's because I very specifically was at 12.3.1 or something, right? I'm like, I'm generally, oh, right. I'm, I'm generally a generation behind. I never update my phone because usually unless, unless it's a critical update related to security, I won't do the update because I don't need the update. I don't need the latest, greatest things. And sometimes, especially if you have an older phone, like I still have a seven, um, it's going to, it will slow down and chew up more battery time. And there's all kinds of problems with doing updates. And honestly, it's, I'll be honest, it's an old habit because back in the early phones, I used to jailbreak them and, and do what I could do to, to use them the way I wanted to use them. And so I just got out of the habit of doing updates. I, I never do them automatically. So that was fine. I just talking about Aaron last, I woke up this morning, went to turn on my alarm off and my phone had been updated automatically last night. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> I am now at 13 point whatever point one. And uh, yes, so I had to go in there and turn off the help. So it forced through an update 
after I was sitting there talking mm-hmm. about not updating. Now, there's a, cons- there's a conspiracy there and I know it. <laughs> so, so here's, here's my suggestion. And I, I actually was thinking about this at the, uh, at this Jeep event in Florida. I'm just going to pass my phone around to everybody that's there. <laughs> and I up and down the streets. Like if, if everybody did that and th- th- then what kind of point would it have? Like everybody's been in contact with each other. Everybody. Right. Right. Everybody's been kind of like, that's, well, that's what we should do. We should all just like, Ooh, that would be cool. Like a little app that says that you just go and touch your phone to somebody else's phone. Mm-hmm. And it just like, we've been connected. Like you just could mm-hmm. do that. And like, so you have, if your phone has a thousand connections, right? Like, right. Oh yeah. We're not even going to worry about him. He's screwed. <laughs> yeah, he we, could, we, could, we could make a stupid little app that connects phones. And then based on the connections, it starts giving you your high, your, your, your COVID-19 like ability points. You are, right. yes, you're at a, you, you are at a two twenty. Um, yes, yeah, so you have a two, you have a, you have a, uh, a 220% chance of catching the disease. <laughs> right. High score, high score wins. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to check in every day and saying that you don't have it so that at the end of the day, it's like, wow, you've, you win. Cause you've had 10,000 people in contact and you don't have the disease. I don't know. Way to talk about that. Maybe that's what the media should do is they should list the number of people who are still alive. <laughs> right. Who don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, think about it. Okay. So now Doug sent me some data and I've haven't read all this data, right? I'm looking at it last week. In fact, I think I said something like three to 4% or that was like 4% after you start discounting 30% based on Colorado's numbers and stuff. And Doug looked at me like, what are you oh, talking right, about? Right. He's like, what are you talking about? And well, so that's just based on the current reported cases and the current reported deaths. It calculates out to be somewhere around 4%. Which is like, that's, that's pretty high. It still means 96% of people lived. Right. said, no, 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 you got to look at these other cases. And so if you go back to the studies that they did about with uh, the antibody testing and the estimation of who actually had it versus who actually has been tested, now you get into like 0.17% of oh, those. Wow. 0.17% mortality rate based on the huh. estimated day and it's either like 16 X or 20 X, depending on the reports you're re- reading, you go based on number of cases, you 16 exit. And that gives you your actual number of people who've probably have had this. And if you do that, you're at like 0.17% mortality rate, less than the flu. Little different. A little different. Hey, let's but talk about Jeep parts. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. This is not the this is not the uh, the the uh, the Joe Rogan hour where you talk about helping guys. And <laughs> We're stuff. not getting paid nearly enough. No, 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 no. Let's talk about Jeep parts. So, uh, uh, speaking of which, I got a. We had Larry Larry from Poison Spider on here, and uh, you know he was the Poison Spider world for right when, and We're it's kind of interesting, guys, because if you go to the Poison Spider website right now. It's like broken. It's like missing half its stuff. And you try to buy it, like goes, takes you over to four wheel parts. Like who over there, who's, who's managing that brand? Huh? You know, on a, you go to poisonspider.com. Now there's still somebody posting on Facebook. There's still somebody posting on IG, but, um, but the, the website itself is just like missing images and half broken and links. It's like, it's, it's pathetic. I mean, it's, what a great brand. And just to have it start dying like that, it's just, it's just sad. 
Well, and you know, in the rumor mill, we had had some folks talking about the possibility of that brand being broken away from from four wheel parts from from Polaris and mm-hmm. who knows what that looks like. Yeah, well, that I'll, I'll say this again. I've said it before, but I believed that Polaris bought Transamerica for the a distribution channel and not for the brand. Sure. Like they didn't sure. really care about it. And, and Polaris has a ha- habit, a history. Of, of absolutely killing a brand when they bought Indian, they killed victory. And so they have no problem killing a brand uh, if, if it's competing with another brand and, um, and then bringing all that technology together. So, so, you know, I never thought that they would, I never thought that they would actually be interested in maintaining pro comp and trail master and poison spider and, uh, and, and all these other brands at some point they were well, going to yeah, spin I mean- them off. In a way, uh, they're they're competing with themselves. So why not narrow, you know, get eliminate the things that maybe aren't doing well and and who knows, you slice off a piece of that pie and then your own pie gets bigger. Right. Exactly. And and you're looking at, you know, Poison Spider hasn't really done anything on the jail products. Really, there's some stuff, but it's all the simple things. It's not you know, it's nothing you would expect to get from Poison Spider for, for, you know, it's not like the stuff they have for the JK and the product line for that. It's been very, very minor. So sure. eh, I don't know. I don't know what their future is. and what. Well, I tell you, if this is going to be the year of, of anything, it's uh, we've already seen all the changes taking place just in our, our regularly, regular lives. All of the changes in the Jeep arena and manufacturers juggling and struggling to try and keep keep parts in the bins and, and keep their, their flow of, of things going is, has been tough. It has, it has. And it's, and that's like Dave was saying, you know, his biggest thing, he's getting the orders, but he can't fulfill them because many of the manufacturers are in States that you know, we're fortunate being California that we continue to operate, even though as our customers know, when they've been calling us, we've been talking with them and we've been letting them all know. And as it says on our website, you know, there could be three to four week delays on, on orders simply because we're still operating under very odd conditions. And, yeah. but what's cool is that Jeepers and it just, it's, it's the, it's the great part of being in this world. I mean, look at you, you just got to go cross country, you know, meeting with these Jeepers across the country, going to this event, all of those guys coming together of a totally different type, you know, many different types of Jeepers, different types of products on their rig. Uh, some understood what they're doing, but as we're going to talk about in our tech tips, some don't. And, uh, and it's just cool that we're in this, we are in this industry where, where we can do that. I mean, it, it's, and, and we meet these people that have such a passion that no matter what's going on, they're going to turn around and, you know, and, and, and start building their rig. That, you know, so all of the shops that I've stopped it um, by, I can't think of, of one of them that said they were down or blow. These folks, I stopped by S1 Motorsports today. These guys Word. were, are four, they're four weeks out. Wow. I mean, they can't, they can't, they're they're telling people that, look, I can put you on our list and we'll order the parts. And when they come in, you know, you, you'll get in the queue, but they're, they're all extremely busy. Now, on the other hand, they're also, a lot of these shops are hiring. Nobody can, can find help because so many people have had changed and, and, and gone to do other things during this, this craziness. But so many shops there, there it's project time and it, it remains to be project time. 
Wow. Well, that's good. Out here in California, it's hard to find help because, you know, like uh, I, I have, you know, one of our employees, his son, like worked three months and then this thing happened and he's sitting at home making $3,400 a month. You know, right. Why, why go to work? Yeah. Why? And my nephew is the same way. I took him up with me to, uh, to, to, to uh, Lincoln city, but you know, he's, yeah, he's $3,400 a month for doing nothing. So why, why bother to, to step it up and go get another minimum wage job, wage job. Right. So it's, uh, it, it is interesting, but hopefully you get some good tech people out there that really want to do it. But so it's tough because we are sitting in a, in, a, in a point where we have this huge unemployment. If you have a passion like we do, and if you find something, uh, an industry in a world where there's people have a passion, it's kind of cool. You can, you can, you can do what you want. And when, even when the economy goes crazy, people want to, they want to spend money on their rig. That's right. They do. They should spend their money on some, maybe some new doors for their Jeep. Or, <laughs> well, only if we have our doors released because we haven't done that yet. <laughs> yeah, so maybe not yet. <laughs> not yet. A new, a new TJ tire carrier. Uh, a new, yes. uh, new set of doors. <laughs> so you know, some some new stuff. Yeah, new stuff that we're trying to come out with and getting it to it. But things have all been slowed down a little bit, just in production side and. But, you know, we are hiring, you know, if any of the modern Jeepers know, we are hiring two engineering spots. We have a, a open position for a mechanical design engineer for suspension and for mechanical design engineer for uh, for body armor and bumpers. And oh, wow. uh, even, even if you don't have direct experience in those areas, but you're willing to passionately pursue um, that those areas and learn and, uh, you know, those positions are available. We've posted up on Indeed. Uh, it's on our Facebook page. If you go to our Facebook page, you can click the link and there's just a questionnaire there and you'd submit your, uh, your resume. Uh, the basic requirements is you do need to have a degree in mechanical engineering and we prefer two to, uh, two to, two to five years experience. So, um, you know, we, we're not trying to just uh, take somebody out of school and teach them everything. We're trying to get some people so they can hit the, hit the ground running and start working on new products so we can bring stuff to market. Uh, quicker than our current R&D team does because we're just limited by size. Wow. Well, that's, I mean, that says a lot. And and our industry is, I think there's a lot of folks out there who are concerned that however long this, this COVID-19 pandemic lasts and what are we going to do? And are we going to come out to the other side? Okay. And you know what? There's a lot of, a lot of manufacturers, a lot of vendors that have kind of sat back and are thinking, yeah, we'll just kind of write this year off. We're not going to do events. We're going to sit back and we're going to wait and see. You know what? The folks who are, are making changes right now and who are preparing for what's coming in the future are going to come out of this a lot stronger. So, you know, I, the shows next year, I have a feeling are just going to be absolutely crazy. Of course, by then we should only be down to about half of our current population. Um, <laughs> right. Right. Like my daylight donuts comment, day I <laughs> make L to R comments. Like you want to make this very, how would a Japanese say day, daylight, day right, day right, day right, day right. Which makes, you know, that brings up another brand, um, which would be day star. Yeah. Boy, speaking they, of they, Daystar, yeah. You just saw that, uh, you just forwarded over the press release from them on, um, some major changes within their, uh, their management team. Yeah. Like a whole new fleet of guys to come in there and, and 
lead that pretty amazing uh, group. You know, we've had friends of Daystar for a long time. So I'm curious to see what, what they have in store, what's coming in their future. I'll have to do a, you know, throw up a story and, and uh, throw that out there for our listeners to, to see and take a look at. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Cause we have some friends over there and, and, but it sounds like they're, they're really kind of growing up. They've been doing these acquisitions for the last couple of years. And now it seems like they're really starting to get into that, that, and it's even, even to the point that they were putting DPI down, like it's no longer Daystar. It's like DPI, Daystar Products International, DPI. It's like, right. I get this feeling that this, the, the corporate wheels are turning. Daystar is going to be coming more and more of a structured organization with some big long-term growth goals. The, the amount of acquisitions that they have taken in the last two years has been extraordinary. Right. And they've been a lot of the niche market stuff, right? You know, like MCE and, and uh, some of the other stuff that they've acquired. And these are all good companies, right? And, um, you know, small right. niche markets, what, but I expect to see that they're going to start changing that a bit and it's going to start going after the bigger, bigger companies. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, what they, they acquired Voodoo. I right. think that was one of their initial ones and it, it has become a, a large conglomerate. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Absolutely. The whole idea of having a bunch of rubber parts that you make a mold for once and then you turn on the machine and it just starts kicking it out, <laughs> you know, it brings the cost down to pennies a piece. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty good start. plan. Yeah. Not a bad business model. Not a bad one. No, not at all. What do you hear on the street? I mean, how are other people doing? How are some of our other friends doing? Um, are they all kind of in that recovery mode or are they all super busy or are there some that are still struggling? Man, I mean, we hear that people are still really busy. In fact, people are trying to, it's become a challenge for a lot of folks to, to get parts um, and to keep staff. So at the, the higher levels, the folks that are running the companies, they're, they're trying to keep, they're, they're not worried about keeping their own staffs busy. They're more worried about, you know, how to keep things flowing. You know, we all, at the end of the day, we, we don't make everything so we all have to buy stuff from others at some level. And those are the folks that are, you know, we may have all we need to install this uh, lift kit, except we're missing this, you know, small ring or, or whatever it is. And, you know, whether it's a shock or whether it's a, a wheel, a lot of that stuff comes from the other side of the planet. And I, they're all doing well. They all have a good attitude. They just shake their heads, though. And, and, and shipping, you know, as, as you know, and we've talked about, shipping is an issue. Even through Amazon, I mean, our, our whole Amazon Prime personal accounts where we were used to being able to get whatever we wanted in two days, yeah, that's gone right now. So, right. right. Yeah, that whole world. And it's, and it's almost as if they're not really rushing to bring that back. It's like there becomes a new norm that maybe we're, we're all using it anyway. So why get into this uh, 24 hour delivery or 48 hour delivery? It's, it's, it'll be interesting to see what the new norm is. Yeah. I'm going to start sending you faxes. (laughs) (laughs) I remember those. Instead of texting and emails, we're going to start back and going backwards. Let's start, you know, (laughs) if you send me a letter and I'll take a look at it, um, Shoot me a fax. Hopefully it's on that thermal paper that rolls up and then fades away. 
<laughs> you know, man, there, there's something about sending a letter, though. It's something about about doing snail mail. And I used to do it even when everything was going. I'd still, I haven't done it in a while, but I used to send out like every week. I just made sure I sent out a few letters to people. And, you know, occasionally I'll receive one from somebody. And it's like, it's nice to open up and go, uh, yeah, I remember that. I mean, you take the time. You have to actually take the time to write something. Oh, and you actually have to use proper grammar you know you can't just like type the entire thing out like i've gotten sometimes from some people all lowercase with no periods whatsoever yeah <laughs> you know I, you know using a pen and putting it to paper and then you have to like scratch it out when you can't spell something and so you have like this whole sentence that's half scratched out and <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. yeah or or the uh like the one I just got from somebody that was like, they're using the Siri to talk and it's one thing to use Siri or one of those to try to type an email. Right. But take the time to read it. Cause it, it, it's one thing when you got <laughs> one or you got one or two errors and it happens to me. I mean, I've sent stuff to you and I've had to go back and correct it. Cause I said something foolish. I got one from somebody <laughs> and I literally had no idea what this thing said. I mean, it could have been a foreign language, right? Because <laughs> and because they let it go through with all these cut out things and then they still sent it. <sighs> I've done that where I get, I get, I get back to, huh? And then I go back and read it and go, oh, well. <laughs> it doesn't make any I sense. I sound retarded. Okay. Um, well, you know, I, I did a little side project and some of you guys may have mentioned this, but, but it's a, it's a website called Anonymeme and I just did it for fun. I wanted to learn a certain language to, of programming. It's called anonymeme.com for our listeners. And by the way, our listeners, one thing it's missing is more Jeep memes. So if you have a Jeep meme that you love, go up there and post it. And it's no login required. Just go up there and post it. But, but the funny thing is the one that's very easy to find are lots of, uh, yeah, I'm stupid type memes <laughs> it's just like <laughs> it's amazing how many people just like yeah that was just yeah i was dumb or yeah you're being dumb there's there's plenty of those out there we rely on technology so much that you know it was all supposed to be so helpful and so beneficial and to a lot of degree it is but we're also we've forgotten so much i I think the last time I went and bought stamps, I felt really bad because I just had no clue how much a stamp even cost. And then when she said, you know, what do you want to, you know, a hundred of them? And I'm like, well, no, I've used one stamp in like six months, um, <laughs> you know, and, and then uh, of course a hundred of them, I was going to have to go get a loan from the bank. So um, yeah. Well, they're all forever stamps now. It's like, isn't that, the, that's, it used to be like you had a 32 cent stamp and eventually that 32 cent stamp would no longer be of value because it would cost 40 cents. So you'd have to go buy the seven cent stamp, right? Which right. seemed to be a pretty decent business model. Now all the stamps are selling are forever stamps. So, you know, if I had a, stamps because i do have a little book of stamps that are like probably 10 years old but i can still use them because i paid 35 cents for them even though it costs what 60 something cents to mail i have no idea what first class is these days because again you know you just doing is you this is a whole new business model i'm gonna go buy 100 stamps i'm gonna hang on to them for 10 years then i'm gonna sell them to people <laughs> <laughs> that's about as bad as me thinking you know what my my wife loves turning in recycled like she saves all the recycled cans and, and plastic bottles and stuff and she just i guess for it's been a couple of months and she just went down yesterday to the to turn them all in and got like 40 something bucks for them but i tried to convince oh. her that it's like it's only five cents in california if we save all those and throw them in the rv and load the rv up we can go up to oregon it's 10 cents 
you know. And this, is, we, this sounds like a Seinfeld episode. And that might pay for the gas. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kramer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there's, you know, it's going to turn wrong. Uh, I, I do want to touch base because you were talking about some stuff. We were talking about parts and products and all that kind of things. And, and this kind of leads into our tech tip, but there's some great products in the market and I'm not just talking about metal cloak. Like some companies make some really good stuff. And then there are guys that seem to be like, Oh, this is interesting business. I think I'm going to hop into it and I'm going to have all my stuff made in China and shipped, you know, and sold on, on Amazon and have no real backbone or no. And it's interesting because those companies, while some people buy the stuff, when you start actually watching the groups in the, in the, the, the market that we are in, they start getting called out because they start having some real problems and not only in tech support and other support and, and even customer service. But, but it's interesting, but you, you were, you were talking about that earlier. We go back to uh, Florida Jeep jam and a whole new trend of products. What I, which I've never even seen started to show up on the trailer. And, and this is, these products are made by a company called E auto grills and their, their basic, their, their initials is EAG. And it's cut into their their fender liners and bumpers and whatnot. But uh, I had to go back and do a little bit of research and kind of find them on Amazon and take a look at them. A lot of them and the comments from the Jeepers were like, just that, oh, yeah, it's really, really cheap stuff. And their their quality isn't terrible. But there was a story. One of the guys that was out there, he had bought one of these bumpers and uh, he said it was great. You know, the fit was fine. It seemed like it was pretty decent. The The paint was good. He mounted a winch on this front bumper on his JK and he went to help a buddy and it ripped the winch off his bumper, pulled the, the bolt holes through the steel. Wow. Um, so again, I mean, I don't know how common that is if he was just the story could have been made up i have no you know firsthand experience with it but a lot of these companies you know we talk about buy american products support us and then we find something and we you know led lights as an example um i get it a lot of things are made overseas but we really are taking away from the companies that do make real good, decent products. And these EAG products are, they look fine. Um, I will tell you that their fender well liners do limit clearance. I've saw a lot of tires on the CTI trailer getting into these, these liners. And the people were kind of upset because they, they offer them in, in painted a number of different paint variations. And then the tire would rub the paint off. And these people were like, well, that's not right. I got to limit my suspension so I don't rub the paint off these inner fender wells. And of course, I'm shaking my head going, well, why don't you change the fender well? But they like they like them painted. They like them to be pretty. But again, it's Florida. It's yeah, it's a different different market, too. Right. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's that's part of the modern Jeeper world is, is, you know, some people are really, you know, uh, looks over function, function over looks, you know, and it, it all depends on what you're going to do. We got you know, plenty of guys that have a built not bought rig and and uh, it doesn't look pretty, but man, it'll it'll take you where you want it to go. And a yeah, lot very of our, true. you know, a lot of our customers and a lot of guys out there. I mean, come on, think about it. we sell a lot of gold products. And at yep. one point it was like, why gold? And then at the point it was like, okay, I understand the gold. And now it's like, I want gold. 
And it's like, well, you know what you're actually getting. No, I have no idea, but I want gold. (laughs) Why why, why is a medical product better? Gold. And I'm not, I'm not downplaying that at all because it's cool, but you know, it's, it's still people make different decisions about their rigs for different reasons. Right. Um, Well, that, that really does play into our tech tip. Yeah, absolutely. Why don't you roll into it? So like you said, you know, we guys want what they want and they may not know why they want it. So my tech tip has to do with all of the rigs that I did see at Florida Jeep Jam. And it just kind of made me think that everybody wants to install upgrades. And and I, I understand we don't do it all at the same time. We buy things over a period of time and we all have a certain taste of what we want and what we like. But I think we're getting away from viewing upgrades as part of an entire system. Now, not all manufacturers can can know if their parts will work with other parts. I mean, there's just no way. As Metal Cloak, you guys can't sit out there and, and test fit every single bumper to every single Jeep who has a variety of other aftermarket parts on it. That just doesn't make any sense. But I'm seeing some manufacturers that don't even know if their own parts will work with their parts. I guess my, my tech tip is that we as Jeepers, and when we go to upgrade our Jeep, we need to take into account the functionality of, of a product. I think we, I think all the companies do a really good job of marketing their own products and saying, this is the best bumper out there. Okay. So when you put that bumper on, and then you have to modify your fenders because that bumper may interfere. Um, I, I don't know if that always comes into everybody's mind. And a lot of these shops across the country that do aftermarket upgrades and whatnot, they think that, well, man, this guy's going to charge me $500 to put these parts on. Well, yeah, because it might be a hodgepodge of parts that they end up having to refabricate and, and to fit onto other products. I'll, right. I'll bring up a case of one of our friends, one, one of our, oh, he's a manufacturer. Uh, this is Gabe at, at Aerolids and he just went to one tons, got some, really cool axles from a guy and uh, wanted to, wanted to go to the big boy stuff. He took it to a shop and that shop started to put on our metal cloak suspension and a radius arm type of setup on an axle that's got massive trusses already welded to it and huge differentials. I mean, these are our, our sixties and I, I don't know if they came out of a, like an F two fifty or an F three fifty but they're massive. So the radius arm setup, all of a sudden that lower mounting point on that axle and the upper mounting point, there's probably 14 inches between the two versus, you know, on a regular Dana 44 axle, you may have eight inches or something like that of separation, Mm. but then trying to retrofit and make stuff work. It just, it's a slippery slope and then stuff doesn't turn out quite right. So, I mean, we've seen, we've seen the long arms where they hit the body mounts because the arms are on the outside of the frame. Well, if you were to upgrade that and you think, yeah, but this is a long arm kit, it's got to be awesome. People just need to stop a little bit and maybe take a closer look and go, wait a minute, let me think about how this part is going to work with my current setup. Is it going to hit? Is it going to be functional? What other parts? And and I, I think, what the other manufacturers don't do is they don't sometimes have these conversations when folks buy online, they don't get the experience of 
somebody who actually sells those parts. I know that our guys have a lot of experience with a lot of different brands and how it will work together. And I'm sure the, a lot of the other manufacturers do as well. But when we buy online, we eliminate that and we think that we get exactly what we're looking for because it's what we want. When we go to put it on, then it doesn't fit. And then we kind of go, oh, well, that, that kind of sucks. Right. You, you see it very often when somebody wants, and I did this, listen, I'll go back to when I was a kid building my first BMX bike, right? I mean, like I wanted, and I kind of ran into the same problem. I wanted the best handlebars. I wanted the best wheels. I wanted the best tires. And I'm going to put this big one here and I'm going to have this frame and all that stuff. And I, I was buying this stuff over time because I would do is on the way home from school. If I had a lot of money, I'd go into there and I'd buy the next thing I wanted. And I had my little list, right? But it wasn't until I sat down with the bike in the garage and I was ready to start installing stuff that I went, oh, you know, I didn't, right. this doesn't fit. This isn't quick. I had a great vision of what I wanted. And a lot of times you have, you're buying, like you want the metal cloak steering system and maybe you have some other suspension or you have somebody else's fenders. You, you, you have this, like what you consider to be the best of the best of all the different components you want. And then you try to kind of put it together and it's like, yeah, it's not quite a system. It's not going to have that. You thought you bought the best. Right. And it you ultimately didn't, you know, you ultimately didn't create something that's going to work the way you want it to. Well, and I don't know how many systems out there I'm seeing now that everybody wants to go to high steer because, well, that's cool because all these bars get up out of the way of, of hitting rocks and stuff. So the higher is better. Yeah. And still we, until we start talking about up travel, so mm-hmm. you get a guy who's on three inches of lift with these massive drag links and tie rods and the first thing it does the first thing it does is it hits the frame on the up travel right yeah yeah because they weren't designed for that they were designed to be beefy especially for the couple of companies out there you know they don't necessarily have like we built into our drag link uh even when it goes up we built in some some bends to try to have as much possible up travel as we can. Now, that being said, there are some suspension systems out there. Both you and I know that even at a three and a half inch level, pretty much need a high steer. Like they just, for whatever reason that they need a high steer kit, because even at three and a half inches, they're not quite stable enough. Um, That's right. And we designed ours to not require that, you know, not require that high steer until you get up to four and a half. That's why we include it in the kit, but it's, it's, it is a challenge because you're trying to take this and build these things up. You, you got to think about the fact that some companies are systems focused. And since the beginning, even when we were doing body armor, we were system focused. We created systems that work together so that as a system, it was the best possible thing for your rig. Um, doesn't mean you had to buy the system, but it's just if you wanted the best, you do the system. Um, and the tra- same is true with our suspensions. Our suspension components, our, th- our components are thought through as a system. And there are some other companies that kind of go down that same path. But like you said, there are, there are some companies that get named a lot that had you put it, it's like Microsoft. It wasn't compatible with itself. Yeah, right. Right. It's, you know, it, it, I see a lot of, I don't know, the bigger is better mentality. And that goes along with <laughs> axles. It goes, I mean, it, there's a reason that control arms aren't six inches in diameter. I mean, we could be running what 
telephone poles in between our <laughs> our axles and the frame if we thought that it would help. It's crazy. Well, if you don't have a telephone pole between your legs, you need it between your axle and your frame. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> you got to make it up one place or the other. Daylight. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you're absolutely right you're absolutely right i mean it it, it is about the quality because you can have bigger is not necessarily always better in some places it is but not always and well no and i i remember um a number of years ago uh, in fact this even goes back to my own engineering days of 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 physics and looking at wall thicknesses in steel and in metal and diameter of the tubing going, well, wait a second. I would want something that is, um, you know, if it's smaller diameter, then it have a better have a very thick wall. Well, if you were to go up in the diameter size, that tube is actually structurally stronger than a thicker walled, smaller tube because it's got the surface area of that, of that larger diameter of tubing. You know, all that stuff, there's smart guys that make the stuff and then they're leave them at, to their jobs. Um, I, I think us as Jeepers, we try to put our own perspectives into it. And so many folks I see upgrading things, they've never broken anything in their life, but they need, you know, they need Dana 80 stuff um, because they're going to go do big boy stuff. And I get it. Like, that's cool if that's your thing. Well, but a it, lot of these engineers out there actually know what they're doing. Right. Well, it's interesting since because when we got into this business in the, you know, in 2009, 2010, the big push was LCG builds. You remember that? Like, go, oh, away yeah. from these, go, for, go away from these large lifts and 40 inch tires and start going onto the LCG. And that was the thing. Everything was LCG. And, um, you know, TJs and then you get into the JKs and then it seems like it's like everything. It just, things reverse. Now it's, where's your five and a half inch lift? Cause I want to put forties. And it's right. like, first off, you don't need to do that, especially in the jails and the JTs. You can run forties with our three and a half inch lift and you do the fender modifications and stuff. But that seems to be this, this, and I don't know if it's a new generation, uh, new Jeep owners that just think bigger is better, but, um, and again, I, I'm not, I'm not dissing anybody in their style and their build, but it's just an interesting commentary in how things are changing within the market. So now it's back to bigger is better. And it Absolutely. may be thanks to Milestar and the fact that their 40 inch tires are so darn cheap that people can start doing that now. Cause it used to be, it'd be a couple grand just to have a few few 40 inch good years right but, you know it's a it is a different world now but but it's pretty cool so it's a very good tech tip think about your build think about it. and here's the deal manufacturers should know if their parts going to work with others there are times where we we may never have tested it you call us we're going to give you some advice yeah, we haven't tested it. We're not going to go around. And most manufacturers are not going to take the time to test their products with others. They do hear about it. And they, and if not, they can tell you what the limitations are so that if you're going to make a decision on your own, we will tell you the limitations so you can make a decision. Um, we do make systems and most manufacturers know should know about their own products. Um, That's right. But if you, there's a reason why there are authorized installers from Metal Hook across the country, because sometimes you need a professional who's done a lot of builds. We've had a few of those best, you know, some few of the best in the country on our show. And we're going to try to have more on this modern cheaper show. But those are guys that live and breathe installing parts. 
And they know most of the parts out there. They've experienced most of the parts. Sometimes if I have a question that a customer asks, I go over to Cloakworks and say, hey, have you guys done this? Oh, yeah, yeah, that works. Or no, 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 it doesn't work. You run into this problem, this problem, this problem. So Exactly. And if, it, if it's not that, you go on the forums, like ask an expert on Modern Jeeper Forum, or you go to the Facebook pages where you post something. And here's a little tip there. You're going to get a thousand answers, but if 60% of them say a particular thing, like if there's a certain majority, you're probably going in the right direction. <laughs> <laughs> right. You yeah. Know, don't, don't take the first answer. Don't take each one individually, but as a whole, it's kind of like a poll. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 60% of length is better than none. That's right. <laughs> there you go. Well, I think we've had a great show today. What do you think? Yes, absolutely. Good chatting with you. So where do you go next? We're going to head into Dallas and it probably might be there for a day and a half or maybe two days, depending on how some of our visits go. And then uh, then I think we'll actually head towards home. Wow. Like pull that direct route, like you said. Yeah, head back that way. Well, you know, the uh, yeah, some great shops out there in Dallas. Um, so it'd be cool. Get a chance to go out and visit and uh, say hi to a bunch of people. And uh, we, got, we got quite a presence out there. So uh, sure. and then back to home and back to the bed and back to relaxing and seeing how your property is doing, you know, with your yeah, absence for still three there. weeks. Yeah, three or four weeks, you know, <laughs> Homest- homesteaders popped in. <laughs> right. Somebody's squatting there. And it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. And then, then get up the next day and go wheeling out in your, uh, out in your wonderful backyard. Uh, what a great area. Yeah. I've got some, uh, I've got some work to do on golden spike. I've, I've developed a little ARB leak and it uh, needs a little bit of TLC when I get back home. So that'll give me something to do for a bit. Well, you know what we need to do? We need to figure this out because I have, I have relatives over there in, uh, in, Colorado Springs. And, uh, so maybe, maybe I can figure out with Louisa, you know, hopping in the RV going out and sometime in the near future coming out and visiting. So I can go out wheeling with you guys and, uh, we can go check out those trails cause they just look amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. Anytime dude, of course. Unofficial event would be fun. Cause you know, sometimes it's just good to go out and wheel. You know, I've actually had a, a number of contacts at some of these shops They've all got trips planned to Colorado in the next couple of months. So it wow. could be a very interesting, busy time in, in Colorado mountains. Well, there you go. Modern Jeeper hosting trail runs in Colorado. There you go. <laughs> Courtesy of Mr. Modern Jeeper, Corey Osborne, and of course, Rockstar Jeep Girl, Jesse Greenland. Well, everybody out there, thank you so much for listening to us uh, rant and rave for another hour and a half or whatever this has been. Um, it's, it's great to always spend time with you guys. It's great to be able to chat up and talk about the things that are on the top of our minds that I hope are on the top of yours. Uh, anything you want to say before we wrap up my friend? No, sir. Just to everybody out there, stay safe, stay healthy. And, uh, yeah, keep working on those jeeps. We'll see you soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know how to get a hold of us, Corey at metalclook.com, Jesse at metalclook.com, Matson at metalclook.com, and of course our various Facebook pages and stuff. And please, 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 as I've said before, remember to follow us and uh, like us and give us a thumbs up or whatever your particular podcast player asks you to do. If you like this episode and you want others to enjoy it as well, we could appreciate your support. And with all that said, my friends out there in the world of Jeeping, we will see you on the trails. Cheers. See ya.